Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. And before I even get started, man, I just want to give a big shout out to Cross Country Mortgage. We had our uh, holiday party. We actually did it for the first time at my house, which was different, uh, but cool. Mostly cool. Um, <laughs> there were some downsides, like uh, I didn't really assign anyone to help me clean up the next day, so me and my kid got to do that, which really wasn't too bad. In all honesty, like everyone was pretty well behaved. I didn't find anything broken. There was nothing missing, and there were no uh, non-cleaned up bad spills. Good. So it was just, you know, it wasn't yeah. too bad. And and so, um, but you guys, um, you know, helped us give away uh, some cool prizes to our agents, the most amount of prizes and money we've ever given away. Um, and you know, your support this year has just been awesome and you guys have done an incredible job for us and just so grateful for, uh, for cross country mortgage. So before I even get started, I want Mike to, um, to, to give out the websites, the phone numbers, you know, all that stuff for you guys. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, uh, happy holidays to you and, and, and glad it, uh, was an enjoyable time, but yeah, you can always reach out to us. And I know we've gotten a lot of calls the last couple of weeks, so feel free to keep calling. I um, mean, you can reach out to us, uh, directly at 813-377-2743. Again, 813-377-2743, or go to crosscountrytampa.com, crosscountrytampa.com. Yeah, and we're, we're going to post some videos from our radio show to, uh, th- this week. So if you do follow us on socials, we're at The Duncan Duo. We're going to make sure to tag Cross Country and all those in case you just want to follow them for mortgage information, sure. you know, mortgage advice, interest rate updates. Obviously, um, a lot of changes in the mortgage world, constantly evolving. So uh, important to follow you guys on social media, too. So... The biggest real estate winners of 2021, number one on an article that came out this week, um, you know, no surprise, uh, Florida. Florida, uh, I know, we, number we, one. Florida, or as it's soon to be called, Florida. Um, <laughs> we're becoming Florida because of all the Northerners moving here, um, or, or can- Canadians, which are going to come in, and it's, for them, it's Florida, A. Eh? Um, so we, we've got a lot of, uh, Canadians, it seems like coming in now because a lot of the travel restrictions right, have been are reduced over. and yep. stuff. And we've always, in Tampa, we've always been kind of a, a hotspot for Canadians. We, you know, we don't have the drawl from, uh, other parts of the country, you know, South America, things like that. Like Miami does right. in Tampa, we, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of Canadians that like to watch our Tampa Bay lightning. Yes. Uh, we got our, we're sporting our jerseys today. Uh, supporting the Bolts, uh, continuing to win. I was at the game uh, the other night. Um, you know, incredible game, exciting. Um, you know, the way they won it. Uh, probably one of the most exciting games I've been to in a while. So uh, that is obviously a draw to Tampa and to sure. Florida. World class, world champion sports teams. Yep. You know, I mean, the, the Lightning keep winning. Uh, Tom Brady keeps winning. The Rays win. The Rowdies win. I mean, man, we just gotta. We gotta. We're, we're you know, city of champions. Yes, absolutely. Keep winning, and you know it's exciting times as, as hockey season really gets starts getting into full gear here. And you know, Lightning are playing really well again. And when, next thing you know, we're going to be talking about playoff football and Tom Brady, and can he repeat? And so, a lot of good things happening. Exciting time to be in Tampa Bay. And so, a key stat here: more than three hundred thousand people moved to Florida between April twenty twenty and April twenty twenty one. Now, I wow. know you know that seems like you know six or seven month old data, but sometimes it's kind of hard to track this stuff. But but um, I can tell you in the last six months, I believe personally that that's actually increased. I, I believe the pace of people moving here. And look, we've talked about it before. There's politics. There's COVID. There's, um, you know, a climate. 
Uh, and, a, and a major reason is taxes. You know, people look at the state income tax in some of the more expensive states like California and New York, and you've got high level executives that can uh, now, especially, operate their companies from other parts of the country and move and move primary residences. You know, President Trump's a key example of that, running companies from Florida now because he wanted to avoid paying 10 plus percent in state income tax, right. and especially with still. Uh, despite our massive appreciation, still much more affordable housing compared to uh, New York and California. And you're seeing a lot of business owners and corporations really looking at not just Tampa, but St. Pete um, and Clearwater and the surrounding areas to relocate their headquarters or create a second headquarters or coming here for all the reasons that, that you had mentioned. And so that just makes it an additional great draw to Tampa Bay. It's really an attractive place for all the reasons that we always talk about. We're really starting to see some great employers come into the area, mm. which is yeah. going to continue just attract better and better people to the yeah area. no no doubt about it a lot of job growth a lot of development um, you continue to see you know look there are road there's road construction going on all over Tampa Bay that I think people have been clamoring for for years you yes. know I, I live in I live in South Tampa south of Gandy you know I see Himes getting redone I see McDill getting redone I see Bayshore getting construction and and um, you know I think again. Uh, one of those keys to continuing that growth is ensuring our politicians and and um, you know con- you know Florida Congress, Florida Senate are keeping up with um, you know those those changes that need to be made to improve the infrastructure so that the, you know the move of people here can be supported. Um, another key winner, and this is uh, number two in the, in this article, the suburbs. Yes, and 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 that's not just Florida suburbs; that's suburbs across the country. You had a migration to the country, to the burbs, to where you could get a bigger house, to where you could get more land, to where your dogs could play, to where you didn't have to walk by somebody that might have COVID. Um, and and in addition to that, housing tends to be cheaper in the suburbs. And again, Tampa's core, South Tampa, Carrollwood, it's highly populated city area, still booming. But the suburbs are seeing a lot of attention as well. Yeah. And I think suburbs across the country, um, you're continuing to see, um, you know, a, a concept of suburban living get, getting in fashion with younger home buyers too. You know, law, you know, it's always been the case that younger home buyers wanted to live in, you know, urban areas. They wanted to live in the condos. They wanted to walk to the bars. And, and you're seeing more and more people say, you know what? I'm going to move out to the burbs because I can get a 2,500 square foot new house instead of an 800 square foot condo. Right. Yeah, I mean, I bet the average age. I haven't seen statistics out in the suburbs has definitely come down as the younger people do move out there. And yeah, you know, demographics totally. Yeah, they, for sure, they're they're going out there and they're enjoying it. And so you're starting to see these little areas pop up of things to do just socially. It's not just house after house after house, yeah. but there's there's other things for them to do, and they're you know getting you know put into these master plan communities. No, another big winner, uh, baby boomers. Uh, yeah. House prices rose so much. Baby boomers are the large just um, owners of real estate in terms of sheer volume. Right. And, um, you know, the average, I think I saw something like the average profit margin on a medium priced home hits 100,178. So boomers, um, many of those boomers are are uh, continuing to take that gain without paying taxes, you know, living in the home right. two out of the last five years. So boomers are most likely to own homes. Um, and and I think that the, the next phase of that, we're going to continue, boomers are going to continue to benefit in, in, in this coming year. Uh, another big winner um, is uh, people who refinance their home. Yes, yeah, um, for sure. You know, you 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 dropped. You know, rates at a record low, two point six five percent on average. Yeah. So you know, rates low, people saving money. 
people um, reducing their payments, uh, all good things for consumers. Yeah, not just that. A lot of them reducing their term. So we're going from a 30-year to a 20- or a 15-year, or also taking equity out of their home to do home improvements and do other things that they, uh, they, they wanted to do with the money and taking advantage of how just inexpensive money has been in uh, 2021. And then the last group of winners, Wall Street investors. Yep. Um, I put them last because, you know, <laughs> I like them the least. Um, but no, and they're big in Tampa. You know, you see the the large hedge funds buying and selling homes. The, the largest amount of investor purchases uh, that we've seen uh, since 2015. And again, prices rising, uh, Airbnb opportunities, rentals rising, just lots of opportunities for investors to monetize real estate transactions. So more and more investor activity. Uh, biggest real estate losers, millennials, uh, spending almost 10% more on their homes. Um, so they they are um, you know simply because they they tend to be first time home buyers and yep. home, home prices are up, so they're paying that appreciation that boomers are uh, taking. Right. So millennials are um, you know not um, having a great 2021. Austin, Texas. Uh, apparently, Austin's real estate market it was a little overvalued and it hasn't done as well. Rents have risen. And um, it's gr- it's growing, but uh, uh, some people feel like it's too big, an influx, and um, it, it's too competitive, and prices rising at too uh, competitive of a clip. Yeah, it's almost like one of those cities that everyone thought was too cool, and so so many people went there, and now it's the opposite of that, right? And they're they're going away from it. it Ho- like home flippers, know. another one. Flippers made seven percentage points less profit per house. So again. Um, I think some of that stat is skewed by people like Zillow that just didn't know what the hell they were doing <laughs> right. and like got hosed on a bunch of houses, and then it trickles down. I, I, I would tell you that a lot of the uh, regular small business investors still doing extremely well because they're, they're being more savvy. They're not trying to prove a concept. They're not trying to buy in bulk. They're buying the one-offs, and they're still doing well. So, so I think that number is skewed a little bit. But overall, home flip percentages are are down, um, you know, considerably because because again, I think some of the large bulk buyers just didn't know what they were doing, and and that's why that's Zillow bounced. Yeah. You know, too bad right. for Zillow, man. I'm just you know, we might just have to cry about it. <laughs> uh, renters, key stat: rents rents have jumped nine percent. So renters continuing to uh, pay the price for the, the drastic increase in the real estate market. Mike, what should those renters do in 2022? They should buy a house. They should right? buy a house. That's I wish it. I would, you know, I think every week we say it, but now, you know, now more than ever before it continues to go up. But it, there's nothing that says rents aren't going to stop rising, right? I mean, there's yeah. so much demand and with all the people coming here and everything else. Yeah, so, yeah get happening. out there and buy a house. So, so sorry, renters, you're going to see that same increase in 2022. Uh, you're going to see rents continue to rise. You're going to see uh, low inventory, and if you wait another year, you're going to look back and say, oh, wow, I lost money again. Right. It's more expensive. The rates are higher, and now I can get a smaller house for my money. Yes. Boy, I'm so glad I waited. Uh, San Francisco, and I think you could probably group most of California in with this list, but but they, they stuck with San Francisco um, simply because 31% of San Franciscans, that's kind of a weird word to say, 31% of the San Francisco population in the city left. That's an incredible statistic. That's one out of every three people <laughs> left, left the city in a year. Right. That's that's right. a mass migration out. And what I'll tell you is, I, I and again, um, a lot of people left California. You had taxes. You had pandemic-related issues. You've got earthquakes. You've got a lot of reasons for people uh, to leave San Francisco. Um the um, you know my favorite basketball teams there. I kind of you know I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. You know so 
But um, that's not enough to keep people paying all those taxes nope. and dealing with all the stuff. So 31% left. And I think you, you don't see quite that high a percentage in Los Angeles and New York, but you see a lot of those, a lot of big cities like that. Now, here's what I will say. I think that's actually an opportunity for smart people because big for cities sure. like that always bounce back. Yep. You can't recreate the Golden Gate Bridge and the waterfront of San Francisco. You can't recreate what's there, you know, the beauty of what's there, the climate. You can't. You just can't. So I, I would say that smart investors, um, and I'm going to be one of them in 2022, probably later in the year, looking at some opportunities in some of those states that have been hit so hard because I'm certain it won't take long for them to bounce back and for them to go get back to seeing the gains and the population growth and all that. So we're going to talk next about uh, homeowners insurance. Um, you know, obviously I've talked before about uh, we insure Tampa Bay, the insurance agency partner in my office. So, um, you know, you know, got some insight into homeowners insurance. And we're going to talk about that after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan. Going to talk about homeowners insurance. Look, this is a time of year when a lot of people need to shop their homeowners insurance. You got some time off. You're about to spend more than you should spend the next couple of weeks. You know, you're going to buy too many Christmas presents and you're going to go into debt at rooms to go. <laughs> so <laughs> before you opt in any of those 0% deals or uh, like me, go buy a car, um, you know, think about shopping your homeowner's insurance. I think that's one of the very first things, you know, people say, you know, the one of the questions people ask a lot is what should I consider when choosing insurance? Very first thing is you should consider the carrier. Yes. You want to make sure you have a carrier that's got a good enough rating that they're going to pay claims if something happens. And the second thing is, is you need to compare apples to apples. I see so many insurance agents that have the same carriers quote one price that a different agent quotes another price simply because of the coverage uh, that, you know, so, so I see insurance agents a lot of times sell inferior coverage and somebody thinks they're getting a great deal when in reality, they've got a high deductible, they've got a lot of stuff excluded and um, they they weren't prepared by their insurance agent that uh, they're going to have to um, they're going to get an increase when the when they send somebody out to see how old the roof is. You know, you've, you've got to understand that there's no skimping on some of this stuff. So often people try and get a low policy and they get what they pay for and then they get an increase because they tried to skimp and think, oh, I can get past the roof inspection right. and, and, and it gets caught. Up, yes. So. I think um, no two homeowners' needs are the same, though. So determine what you've got in your house that you need insurance for, your personal belongings coverage, uh, your replacement costs, what your comfort with risk is. You know, um, And, of course, it's also going to depend, Mike, on whether or not you have a mortgage. Yeah, for sure. And there's certain levels of you know coverage that if you are getting a mortgage out that us as the lender and the mortgage companies are always going to require you to have certain certain levels of coverage because we're taking the risk with you that God forbid, uh, you know, there's a catastrophe or, or, or something happens along the way that there's enough, you know, dwelling coverage and, you know, things that are covered that go along with it um, and that you have a reasonable enough deductible. Another question people ask is, you know, the difference between condo insurance and home insurance. Yep. So condo insurance typically, and again, don't hold me to this because there are some HOAs out there that really suck and don't do a good job with this. Um, but there's some great ones too. But typically you're going to have condo insurance is going to cover the exterior building and and all the outside structures and your insurance is going to cover inside the, the walls. Yeah, right. We call um, walls in policy, yeah, right? Right. So, so you know, the, the condo insurance, a lot of times, well, it's going to be cheaper typically, but you're paying for the rest of the coverage in your in HOA. Your HOA right. So it's really not cheaper. You're just sending money to two different places for insurance. 100%. You 
And so you want to make sure that the condo association has certain things covered. And sometimes, again, because HOAs are run a lot of times by people that don't have jobs and don't have anything else to do. So they volunteer and do a job that no one else wants to do. And then they make mistakes because they're not really trained or professional at it. And again, I don't say that about all HOAs. There's some of you out there that are probably going to send me some nasty grams and say, our HOA is great. There's some great ones out there, but there's some terrible ones too. So you got to make sure your condo association's insurance is covering uh, the importance. Yeah, and so I'm actually on an HOA, so I get God this. God bless and, you. God bless you. <laughs> no, right? And, and I get this, but now more than ever, right, with the tragedy that happened this past year in South Florida with the condo building, and so the the condo building insurances are changing quite a bit. A lot of people are looking at it. There's a lot of increases in premiums and that sort of stuff. So if you are buying a condo out there, make sure it is properly covered. Ask all the questions that you need to ask. Rely on you know your real estate agent or another insurance agent that can help you walk you through to make sure that it is properly covered. Yeah, if you've got a question, weinsuredthebay.com. Go check out our insurance partner. You can find their information on our website, theduncanduo.com as well. And, and um, you know Caitlin or Alex from uh, We Insure will reach out and help you with whatever questions you have about homeowners insurance. Another question people ask a lot is, does it cover small damages like stolen bikes and small things? Typically, it can, but the cost of those things needs to be greater than the cost of your deductible. Right. I mean, if your deductible is $2,000 and your bike is 200 bucks, then it would not make of sense course. to file a claim. So some of that is going to depend on your, your coverage options and, and what kind of personal property coverage you have as well. Are there things not typically covered in a homeowner's policy? So in Florida, a lot of times, uh, sinkhole-related uh, things cannot be covered. Um, flood typically is going to be something that's uh, not covered, that's an extra policy. Uh, in other parts of the country, you have things like earthquakes. You know, fortunately, we, you know, hopefully we don't see anything, uh, right. you know, about that here in Florida. But there are going to be things that are optional uh, in your homeowners that aren't in a typical policy. Um, what are some things homeowners can do to lower the cost? Um, I think, again, it, you know, your, how much personal contents policy you have, what your comfort is with your deductible. Um, you know, and again, some of that will vary depending on whether you have a mortgage or not, what the minimum requirement is. But, um, you know, switching insurance providers and shopping around. Um, sometimes there's discounts for if you're a veteran, um, you know, or you're active duty military. So look for those options. You can also bundle policies a lot of times where right. you can, you know, a, a carrier can save money or, or an, an agent can shop you around and save you money. So I think the key thing to, to save money, the biggest recommendation I have is to shop around. Shop your insurance every year. Uh, go with the, you know, like like we insure, we're, we're brokerage, so we have access to hundreds of carriers. We're going to shop you around and find another good carrier if you get an increase. Constantly be shopping around looking for those options. The people that, in in my opinion... Sometimes people will stick with one of the native carriers, you know, one of the big names, and they do it out of loyalty or because they like the service or the claims. But typically, there are better financial options that you can beat because the reason you know those companies is because they spend a ton on advertising and how do they pass that forward. So you can shop around a lot of times to save money. So again, we insure thebay.com. We'll be back. We're going to continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. So... Um, Fed meeting recently, uh, and they uh, declared that they're expected three interest rate hikes in 2022. Look, we know inflation's present. We know that rates are going to rise. Uh, but obviously, that announcement uh, should, should you know, prompt people sitting on the fence to buy or sitting on the fence to refinance to get off the couch and get it done. 
Yeah, I mean, they they came out this week and they had their you know their you know bi-monthly meeting came out and they do what's called a dot plot where they actually mark when they think rates are going to rise over the next several years and um, looking for increases next year and they also increased um, the speed at which they're reducing the amount of bonds and in, in, in treasuries that they're buying. So all indicating a strong economy um, and this a lot of this is to combat the the fl- inflation that we have seen. You know, for so long out there people were talking about is inflation transitory, is it just temporary? And now it seems to be here to stay. Um, and the Fed seems to be jumping on that bandwagon as well. And so we're going to see what's going to happen. But, you know, all things the way they are, we are likely to see, you know, interest rates rise over the course of the next year. Um, although we don't expect major increases on the mortgage side of it, um, there is going to be rate increases. And when the Fed, you know, increases the rates, although that's not a direct correlation to to mortgages all the time, eventually they usually come in lockstep. But, that will give you a higher interest rate on your credit card, on your you know your car payment, and everything else. And so, with inflation here, that you know they'll do interest rates to to try and get that back in check. Yeah. So again, if you're thinking about buying a home and been waiting, um, now's you know time. now's the time. If you think if you've been thinking about refinancing your home, now's the time. Yes. Um, you know. Uh, so so nonetheless, with the possibility of of you know rising rates, it's just going to increase the cost across the board. I think everyone knows inflation's present. Cost of things are going up. So, you know, ultimately that the same thing is going to happen with mortgage rates next year. So it's, it's definitely a time for, for people to take advantage of that. I think another, um, you know, kind of on that, uh, you know, same token, um, they won't dramatically rise. Right. But they're going to rise. Yep. You know, I mean, they, and, and how quickly kind of remains to be seen. But again, um, it, you know, quarter point rise in interest rates can be a, a drastic uh, change in someone's payment and in their lifestyle. I mean, it it could be, I can't say drastic. I should say considerable. Drastic is, you know, it it might have them, you know, nixing some trips to Starbucks. Well, yeah. And what it does do though, is people are out there, they're buying in this competitive marketplace, right? And they, you tend to end up higher than they originally think on the purchase price that they're going to buy. Yeah. They they say, yeah, exactly. I want to buy something for 275 and then they get out there and see what's at 275 or they lose out a few times and they say, well, maybe I need to rise my price. I'll go to 300. Yeah. And so a lot of times what happens is that pushes them up on the upper edge on whether or not they can qualify or not from a debt to income standpoint and, you know, in, in mortgage terms. And so an increase in rates from there could put be the matter of them qualifying or not qualifying. Right. Um, it, it can be there. And so that's where it comes into account and everything else. But you're right. It's not going to be drastic if they go up a quarter point, but um, it could affect those types of people. It, yeah. And, and I think especially kind of on the cusp of affordability, like whether they can or can't afford in the type of loan product they would do. Yes. So there's no question that that rising interest rates are, are, are coming. Um, on the same token, thinking about rising interest rates, that causes some people to get concerned. Oh, could that make it unaffordable? Could that, you know, shift the market and you know i hear all these people talking about a a wave of you know a correction in the market and and if anything it's going to be a stabilization we're not going to see any of that in florida in lieu of a natural disaster or terrorist attack you know knock on wood please dear god no but but there just isn't um the data just doesn't support it there's no homes available for sale and we have way more people that want than unavailable homes i mean it's like you know whenever you have a supply and demand curve that's that inverted 
uh, you know, it just it doesn't it's it's not going to cha- push things in the other direction for years. Yeah. And if, if hopefully you've been listening to the whole show. But if you haven't in the first segment, we, we talked about the winners and the losers of the year. And one of the winners was refinancing because rates dropped to historic lows. Right. So when we're talking about them going back up a little bit, they're not going up from heightened levels. They're coming from record lows and they're coming back in there. So we're still talking about rates in the threes. Uh, it's going to be there. We even predict, you know, predict and all, all the you know major um, corporations, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac are all predicting they'll be in the upper threes towards the end of next year. So in the grand scheme of things of interest rates, if you stretch it out over a 30-year period, they're still extremely yeah. low and Here, extremely here's an, affordable. Here's another thing to think about, too, on on this, um, you know, on, on this topic. The, the amount of time, so if you're someone that's, you know, the conspiracy theorist and you're concerned that the real estate market's going to crash, the amount of time for the real estate market to get enough inventory for prices to stop dropping is probably like five or six years. Yes. Builders are so behind; they're producing so low below, so low below demand that that it takes years for them to move the needle. The real estate market is not the stock market. Could the stock market crash in the next few years? Maybe, but the real estate market is going to keep doing well. And in fact, those two things don't coincide with each other. People right. think, oh, what if the stock market crashes? The real estate? No, because what it could cause is a lot of people taking their money, money. from stocks into real estate. Yes, absolutely. So, so 100%. Th- those two things are not synonymous. Okay. So the 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 amount of time it'll take to have the production of inventory. And equity loss to happen for enough people to go into foreclosure to cause, I mean, we're talking years and years and years. It doesn't matter who's in the White House and whether you love them or hate them. It doesn't matter what economic policy they they partake in. It is going to be years before real estate market sees anything of what it has seen in the past in terms of some sort of downward cycle. Um, Another another key to that is, is foreclosures. Look, we know that when foreclosures happen, banks want to dump the inventory and that has a negative impact on price. So a high number of foreclosures causes a problem for the real estate market, and that's one of the things that triggers a downturn right. is when people can't, you know, afford their homes when, um, you know, when home values start to drop, and then people people can't get jobs. The, the job market's great. The st- stat came out this week of the at-risk homer, homeowners leaving forbearance from COVID. Seventy-three percent have at least 20% equity, right. and 28% have at least 50% equity. So even if they can't catch up and make their payments, they can sell and, and make a profit. Yeah, like They can get out. So so foreclosures are not going to increase. It, there's just nothing out there that – there's no data out there that supports um, any anything bad happening. And even could, – could we see foreclosures? Of course. Could some of those people not figure it out and decide not to sell? And then the bank's just going to take it back and sell it for a profit. It's not going to – I mean, there's just so much demand for real estate right now that there's nothing that's going to move it in that direction. So there's definitely no foreclosure wave on the horizon, at least in Florida. Um, I, I saw someone post not long ago that they were seeing banks um, that were – Doing more BPOs. Well, yeah, now they're doing more BPOs because the people are off forbearance. So they want to know what their assets worth. That doesn't mean there's going to be some wave of foreclosures or that values are going to drop. It simply means banks are being prudent about the money they've got invested in people that can't pay. So they're trying to work stuff out with the people. So are there people in parts of the country in bad financial shape because of COVID? Yes. Are there going to be, maybe, will there be more foreclosures? Yeah. Because for the last year, you haven't been able to foreclose on anyone. So, of course, there's going to be more than there's been the last year. Um, But certainly nowhere near the number that's going to cause any kind of downward turn in the market. Nowhere near the number that we saw, you know, 11, 12 years ago 
um, you know, they'll get gobbled up and they'll sell for retail because yeah. there's buyers out there for them. Yeah, I mean, you just nailed everything on that that whole point. It's dead on, and and it, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be there. And so, you know, one of the one additional thing to all of that is all the lending that has been done over the past you know fifteen years. There's no you know hundred percent financing, hundred twenty percent you know things that are going up. Other than to our VA friends out there, right? That that perform very well. VA loans right. perform very well, but there's none of these risky or non-income you know verification loans that are going on that are going to cause this wave you know too. Yeah, so. yeah, that was a, that's another thing. There's much more responsible lending, lending today. Yeah than there was than there was back in the day and you've got um you know checks and balances you've got you know income verification and look to get a loan today is a lot more complex than it was back then you and and when i say complex it's not hard it's just you got to check a lot of boxes you know it's it's you've got to provide a lot of you got to be able to prove everything you say in your application you got to prove your income you got to prove your credit you got to prove you can afford it the house has got to meet certain more standards than it used to you know it's got to have certain insurance you know there, there's a lot of check and balances and th- those are protections on the market um, those are protections to keep some of these speculators from going out and just leveraging and flipping and doing all this crazy stuff that the market can't support yeah i will say though that yes, it's 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 much more difficult than it was during the financial crisis, but it's a lot easier than it was five or seven years yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 no doubt because about it. Because we went from one end yeah. of the spectrum to the other, it overcorrected. Now it's lo- some right. of it is loosened and, up, and yeah. with technology, not just loosened up, but technology that we have available to us now, and being able to do things, be able to you know close completely remotely, being able to sign all your documents electronically, and being able to get things done. We're not you know hand filling out paperwork and and you know having to snail mail things back and forth. Yep. So a lot of things that are a lot easier over the and then another thing that I've years. seen too is. Uh, um, obviously, um, you know, we, we've seen um, the country shift in terms of employment and you have a lot of people becoming self-employed and doing, you know, gig work, Uber, Uber Eats, um, you know, this type of stuff. And lenders have gotten more, um, you, they've gotten more flexible and they have a greater ability to lend to people yes, that, that are now doing sure. those types of jobs. So that, that w- there were a lot of people during um, you know, COVID that, that, you know, lost jobs or laid off or decided they didn't want to go to the office and they started, you know, doing gig work. And for a long time, I would say even back two and three years ago, it was was much more challenging for someone in those positions to get a loan. Yeah. And they, they, you know, the government sponsored enterprises, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they've had to almost develop kind of the guidelines for that because it became so prevalent and so many people were doing it. They had to carve it out because it's a legitimate source of income. It's, you know, and, and a lot of people were doing it. So it is much easier today than it was in the past. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, you know, we're going to talk next. Um, multifamily owners. Um, after the break, we're going to talk about this because this is something, uh, you, you know, you used to see a lot of condo conversions. You used to see people, you know, a lot of activity in that space. And you're just not seeing a lot of uh, multifamily properties changing hands. And uh, we're going to talk about why um, why that's happening, what the impact is, and uh, more after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Uh, multifamily owners holding on to property for longer periods of time. Look, um, it's no secret, um, you know, a lot of corporations, a lot of hedge funds are lengthening their hold periods due to cap rates, inflation, market dynamics, and because they're getting great returns. Rents are increasing as such rates. It doesn't make sense for them to sell. And I think um, that's another uh, thing that has kept inventory low because in the past you'd have some of these apartments, you know, change hands and someone might buy a 200 unit apartment building and turn it into condos. Now you've got 200 individual units to be sold to people and that market just doesn't exist right now. You just don't see it happening because the people that own the apartments are doing so incredibly well on a return on investment 
that it just doesn't make sense for them to sell it when they can make just as much, if not more money, continue to hold it, letting it go up in value and getting record-breaking rents. Yeah, and then they, you know, the big hedge funds and everything can mark the asset as a higher because it keeps appreciating too. So they can mark it, you know, higher on their books as well. But yeah, it just doesn't make sense to to, to get rid of them. And you're right that you know it, it has held up the amount that these things are turning over and it's had a different uh, impact on the market. And I think again, the multifamily space has always been a space dominated by larger corporate institutional uh, investors and buyers, but it's even more so now. Um, and and they're able to scale and leverage properties across you know, a bunch of different uh, areas and, and you know, units and different things so that they can, you know, leverage their pricing. And, you know, they've gotten better and better and better at it. And they're investing more and more and more in real estate than they ever have. So, you know, a lot of those multifamily apartment buildings that would change hands, you just don't see it. I mean, I have people reach out to me and say, I want to buy a 50-unit apartment building. So do I. Get in line. Right. Like, there aren't any available. Like, good luck. You know, uh, you're going to overpay. There's just nothing out there available. It's just they're just not changing hands. The owners of those are making such great returns, especially in Tampa. Now, are there opportunities for apartment building purchases in other parts of the country? Certainly. But in Tampa, you're just not seeing a lot of it. It's it's another reason why you're seeing more new construction, because investors in those spaces that used to be able to find, you know, buildings to buy can't anymore. They, they've got to build them. They can't buy. They can't find it to buy. They've got to, you know, they've got to build them. I, you know, similarly, and, and you see the same thing in some other spaces like storage, for example. I, I have a, a friend of mine who buys storage units like you know mm-hmm. the yeah. you know big storage units all over the country and he's had to start building he's got to build because no one wants to sell i'm sure the, the right. returns are too incredibly well and, and it just doesn't make sense so so again what does that contribute that contributes continued low inventory yeah you know for for the home buying process yeah, if people it, aren't selling you know, <laughs> no the only way to get more inventory is to build more right yep. and it's and that's pretty much what what's going to have to happen here i mean you, you know in lieu of um people deciding to leave our wonderfully free state of Florida here, uh, you know, it just isn't happening. Uh, people aren't going to move, you know, people aren't going to leave. So you're just going to ha- continue to have low inventory, which means prices are going to rise. So again, when rents are rising and prices are rising, you've got the, the, you know, the, you know, the almost the perfect storm for multifamily owners. It's like why sell? Right. And, and why sell now? Um, why, you know, if I'm going to sell, I'm going to wait, you know? So um, the only, the only thing that I thought we might see, which we really haven't, was I thought you might see some multifamily and commercial owners, and there are some, but but very few, ne- negligible change in the market that would sell uh, late this year, you know, because, because of capital of gains. Yeah. But not not really. Right. I, I think that most of them predicted that rents and appreciation would outpace the increase that they might pay in taxes. So they, you know, they keep on holding. So, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. We are at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, this week, I recorded a, a new rides in real estate video. So if you haven't checked out our socials, if you're into cars and into real estate, um, I uh, cruised around Davis Island in my Nissan GTR and talked about what's going on in Davis Island real estate. So if you want to check that out, I'll give you the one minute elevator speech. And that's that uh, it's the most expensive real estate in Tampa. Uh, Derek Jeter's house sold for 22 million. Another house just sold for 16 million not long ago, and um, you know it's celebrity row. You've got a- professional athletes, hockey players, baseball players, wrestlers. Um, you know a lot of ex- very expensive, um, you know very expensive real estate on the waterfront in Davis Island, and a lot of the homes don't ever make it to the MLS. Yeah, you know they're sold as pockets, they're sold as coming soon, 
and uh, they're sold to someone that knows someone. Um, you know, the, the Jeter house obviously was one that was so extremely expensive compared to our norm that it had to be advertised in a more global way. But a lot of, a lot of the you know, three, five, six, $7 million houses trade hands without ever even hitting the market. So no one even knows about them. Um, people valuing their privacy and, you know, valuing the sure. exclusivity. So a lot of Davis Island's real estate. So make sure to check that out again at the Duncan duo and all of our socials. You can check out, um, you know, why. I can't live on Davis Island. <laughs> Why I'd get canceled if I lived on Davis Island, uh, if you watch the videos. So we appreciate you tuning in. We hope you have a great rest of your holiday weekend. Uh, thanks for tuning in and go Bolts. Go Bolts.